Father, we give you thanks. Indeed, we have no other God but you. Our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Today, Lord, we come to learn from you. We come to receive the spirit of wisdom. Lord, we trust that you will grant it to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we declare as follows. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, not spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Once again, I declare that understanding is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. God will open your eyes. He will give you specific knowledge. You know, there are many things to know in this life. But each time, there's something that is relevant to you. That which is relevant to you in this season, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, before you sit down, can you just greet somebody on your left and on your right? Tell the person you are very wise. And the person God has given you understanding. Yes. All right, the Lord is good. If you believe, you give me an amen. amen. Now let's open our Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 2. We are going to pick up from there today, the book of Isaiah chapter 2. Remember, you are not an anointing killer. You are an anointing booster. Yes, it's an important assignment in life to boost anointing. How do you know anointing killers? Just check how they are sitting down. Just look. Look for an anointing killer around. Stretch your leg forward and put your back down. Any anointing killer? You've not seen any? No. I was taking correction. <laughs> I do not know you know anointing killer. They say Isaiah chapter 2. The person is looking at you like this. Like Pastor Paul Adifarasi will say, bless me if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll come to church. That's your attitude. Bless me. Let me see how far you can try. <laughs> All right, the book of Isaiah, chapter 2. The word which Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as a chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. And all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, that is, if you notice, many tribes and nations, that's what I mean by peoples. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? That he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And it will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they learn war. Come, house of Jacob, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Come, house of Jesus, that is the church of Christ. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. 
For you, that is the Lord, have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob. Why did he do that? Because they are filled with influences from the east, and they are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they strike bargains with the children of foreigners. Their land has also been filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. He said their land has also been filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land has also been filled with idols. They worship the work of their hands, that which their fingers have made. So the common man has been humbled, and the man of importance has been abased. He said, but do not forgive them. Enter the rock and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The proud look of man will be abased, and the loftiness of man will be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. I have read this to bring out two important um, things. First of all, the plan of God is that people will come, every nation on the earth, we say, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why are they coming? That they may learn the ways so that they can walk in his paths. And he said it's because the law will go forth from Zion. And there's a rebuke there for the people of God. He said he was calling them, house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Now this was the situation. They were not walking in the light of the Lord. And they were filled with influences from the east. People from far were teaching them how to behave. They were learning principles concerning how to live their lives from unbelievers. They have become soothsayers like Philistines, and they strike bargains with the children of foreigners. What that means is that when you hear them talk, analyze situations, predict what the future will hold, that what the future holds, what will come up in the future, you hear them speak like the person who has no understanding, like the unbeliever. That is, the church had become, they had reached a situation in which there was no difference even though they claimed to be the people of God, there was no difference between the way they walked and the way the unbelievers walked. There was no difference. And that was what Isaiah was rebuking here. Now, that's just why I read this. Now, remember, we started talking about, of course, the title we now chose is a culture of faith. As I always do, I revise briefly and then pick up from there. And now, what we have been looking at is that faith has outward manifestations. I can't say this enough. You know, today I was studying the book of Luke again, and I saw that John had the same problem. People came to John, and they seemed to have believed his gospel. That's when he was introducing the coming of Jesus. And he told them, if indeed you have believed my gospel, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Because many people were following John, and their lives were not different. All right? They will come to him anytime John is holding a crusade in the wilderness. They will leave everything they had to do to go and attend the crusade, but their lives will not change. So John said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And I want to emphasize to the church today, don't have what the assurance of salvation that Jesus did not give. Let's get it clear. Don't have the assurance of salvation that Jesus did not promise anybody. This doctrine that once we raised up your hand once in an altar call, and you went to church for a few weeks after that, you are saved and you are eternally secure. Like I mentioned the other time, prominent people preach it. Listen to me, it is not true. It cannot possibly be true except what Paul wrote was not true. 
except what Peter wrote was not true, except what people like James taught us was not true. Now, please, I am not trying to imply that a Christian cannot walk confidently knowing that his hands or his life, his soul is in the Lord's hands. What John said to us is that if we walk in the light, are you getting my point? Listen, you will know. You see, when you are walking in the light, you are enjoying the fellowship of the brethren. You're, you are deliberately putting your life in order. Your conscience is alive to righteousness. That's why you can be discussing whether uh, you are safe or not. When you are, look, listen, it's just for you. One reason is that if you are walking like that, you can relax. But when you want to tell me that that man gave his life to Christ five years ago, but the last five years he's been shooting people, killing people, committing adultery, stealing, and I told you one preacher actually said, even if he denies Jesus, his salvation is intact. He said, even if he denies Jesus, that we are not saved by our ongoing faith, we are saved by the same faith we had one time ago. It's the most ridiculous thing somebody can believe. Forget whether it is reasonable or not. The Bible didn't teach it. Alright? Now again, let me emphasize. Salvation is by faith. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Habakkuk taught that. The just shall acquire life by faith. Paul taught it. John, that is in the gospel, he taught it. He that has believed has passed out of death and has passed into life. It's in the Bible. Paul taught it. James taught it. Peter taught it. We know it's in the scriptures. The Lord Jesus told us clearly, if you believe in me, you have life in you. Are you getting my point? The issue now, which was what James now emphasized to us, is that there are different kinds of faith. There is a kind of faith which a man has, and he's deceived that he's saved, but he's not saved. James said, can such a faith save somebody? We'll describe it in a moment. That is, what is that faith? He said, he said listen, if, you're talking, if you say you have faith, he said, don't forget, and let me use my own words now, that when we are talking about faith, the fact that you agree is not the same thing as saving faith. Because James said, even demons agree. Ask them who died on the cross, they know who it is. <laughs> who rose again from the dead? There's no doubt. They've testified. And then they told them, come out, the sons of Sceva were practicing. Come out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. Jesus we know. That word know are two different Greek words that were used for the word know. Appear to be repeated, but they were not the same words repeated. First word said, Jesus I know means Jesus I am personally acquainted with and I recognize. Paul I have heard about. That's what they said. Jesus I know. Paul we know. Jesus we know. Paul we know. What is it that Jesus we are personally acquainted with and we recognize? Paul, yes, we have heard there's one creature called Paul going around. His name is making the rounds in the demon realms. But who are you? We don't even talk about people like you. (laughs) But what I want to bring out is that the demons recognize Jesus. When he showed up, they will shout, Thou Holy One of God, have you come to torment us before the time? James said, Are they saved? Agreeing is not the same thing as saving faith. Many people agree. And then they now go to church. And because they agree and they profess, we now assume they are believers. And then they also believe it because they are ordained. Ordination is about study. It's about fasting for how many days, guy? Seven days dry. 
Many people can do that. Then they are ordained. And Jesus is looking. Then they will come one day. You do not pass up branches in your name. And he will say to them, I never knew you. So James said, if you have that kind of faith, you are not safe. So what kind of faith is it that saves? He said, notice it now. Come on, you save, check him. Like we say, when Abraham believed, did he not move? When Abraham believed, did he not sacrifice Isaac? He said, if your faith is not obeying, if your faith is not moving, if your faith is not sacrificing Isaac, then you are deceived. So how do we know faith that is living? It is by the works it produces. It is not as if you are saved by works primarily. James said it is the another side of the coin. It's the same coin. The coin is called salvation. The coin is called salvation. But if the faith does not produce works, it is not a genuine coin. So how do we know, how do we know faith that is genuine? It is a works that is being produced or that are being produced by that faith. If the works are not there, the faith is not genuine. And if the faith is fake, can it save? James said it. No, come on, guys, check it. Such a faith can't save anybody. So we've been looking at the fact that our faith, therefore, must produce. When we say the faith must produce, we don't mean it must produce money. We don't mean it must produce money. The way we testify by the word is working. Is I prayed for this and I got it. The word works. That's how we think about it. But that's not the primary thing about faith. Uh, the word working. Want to testify? Then I began to declare and I said, Lord, by tomorrow morning we should have 500,000. And by that night, 450 was in. First in the morning, 70,000 came. By tomorrow morning, we have 520. Somebody shout hallelujah. The word works. Such thing today happen most certainly. But that is not what we mean when we say faith is producing. No. What do you mean when we say faith is producing? It takes a man who used to tell lies. Removes lies from his mouth. He becomes honest. Faith is producing. Are you getting my point? You know, one sister wrote me the other day. You know, somebody I've, got, I've come to know. She said, in fact, her, people around her testified that, they had testified that her, that she really had changed. I saw her once, some time ago. When I saw her, I said, what happens to you? Do you get my point? People around said, no, no, that she has, she's a much improved person. And he told me the, 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 a few days ago, he said, sir, said, that fear I told you about those days doesn't worry me anymore. Now I'm not afraid. Now I sleep in peace. I'm not afraid. Now it's not money that the word produced. It brought faith, that is confidence to her heart and drove fear away. I told the story of our brother I've been giving it again and again. He got a job in a bank. And then he said, what do I do? And faith rose up in his heart, saying to him, the work you are doing here, how do you want to neglect these young boys? Because you want to earn extra money. Then he looked at it and said, money, you will have to wait. That is what we mean when we say faith is producing. That's the fruit. So he told money, wait. The kind of testimonies I think Christians should give. It's not just, oh, I gave one naira, I got 20 naira. If it worked like that, let me tell you the truth. God doesn't need Jesus to die, actually, for people to repent. MMM collect. This is how everybody ran to MMM. Once you're promising reward like that, everybody will come. Everybody will come. 
That's not what Jesus is doing. That cannot be what he's doing. If that's it, everybody will come. True faith is the one that says that, ah, when Lot and I quarreled, when our, work, our workmen were quarreling, I had to say, ah, Brother Abraham, why are you staying in this kind of place? Uh, Lot had to take the other one. Why was Lot taking it? Our men were quarreling. So I told Lot, take anyone you want. And Lot looked up and took the more fertile area. Don't worry, God will take care of us. That is faith walking. It's not every time that God will come to your defense. As in, they said, don't rig elections. You did not rig and you still won. There are times you will not rig elections. And because you did not rig, you will lose. And faith is when you come out and say, I have a testimony. Brethren, we had invested time and money. We had invested energy. We were set to win. Then finally, the time came, people said, this how to do it. The electoral officials asked for a bribe of 25 million. Our opponents paid. We refused to pay. That it is not the will of God. And brethren, the result was announced two hours ago. We lost gallantly. Praise the Lord. But God is judge. He's in heaven. He's the one that makes rulers. If he has ordained us for that seat, we'll still be there. Are you going to challenge it in court? We are still praying about that. There are times you say, I will not challenge it in court. Let me watch how God will judge it. Why are you not challenging it? Faith says it's not time to challenge. Listen, he said, ah, that's how you Christians behave. Yes, that's how we behave. You'll be hiding behind scripture. You won't do what you're supposed to do. If I don't hide behind scripture, where do you want me to hide? Behind the Quran? Listen, there are times you should enjoy your insults. Are you getting my point? As a way they should, when they insult you, you should be happy. Blessed are you when people insult you for my sake. That's what Jesus said. They will insult Christians sometimes. They will not be. You Christians, you'll be, you'll be burying your head in the sand. We like it like that. Once the sand is in the word, is the word of God, leave it buried. They will just cut your neck for you. We will go to heaven. We're not ashamed of it. That's why we are Christians. Someone will say the word is producing. We are not talking about the word is producing money for us or producing, you know, material progress. We are saying the word is producing change inside us. The first sign that God is blessing you is that he's changing you. We must understand that. It is not the money he gave you that is a sign that is blessing you. It's that he gave you peace in the midst of lack. No, go and read your Bible. Philippians chapter 4. Paul said, be careful. Have no thought or have no anxiety. Don't be worried or having any anxiety about anything. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What will not happen? Then the peace of God that passes all understanding is that peace that he gives first. The ability to relax even when there's nothing. That's why Paul said, I am, no, go ahead, Philippians chapter 4 very well. They sent Paul money. An average person would rejoice. Paul did not have the ability to rejoice in what he received. He said, I have learned to be independent of circumstances. He said, I can bear abundance, I can bear lack. In life as a whole and all the situations, I have learned how to be the same. So when they sent money, they put the hard only 15 naira in the bank account, and the one that now had 150,000, there was no difference. He said, only one thing made me rejoice. I realized that God will bless you because now I'm seeing proof of your faith. You claim to love the word. Your money is not participating in your love for the word. That your faith is a fake one. He said, now I'm seeing proof of your faith. I know something will be added to your spiritual account. So that's in that one, I rejoice. But Paul, what do I have? He said, the peace of God that passes all understanding. 
So Paul had nothing. He was okay. He had plenty. You couldn't see the difference on his face. They broke Paul and the poor with plenty of money, the same thing. And believe me, that's exactly what Jesus is trying to produce in us. I made a statement to us before that your spiritual, how did I say it? Your spiritual lessons in life, yes. I said your spiritual lessons are more important to God than your material blessings. God is more concerned about your spiritual progress than your material progress. I like one illustration I saw once. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes was preaching. He was trying to explain the meaning of being more than a conqueror. Now, of course, I'm not saying that's literally what that scripture meant, but this was what he explained. And it was so beautiful. He took two men of God, made them stand beside him. One was looking very handsome. His suit very straight. His tie very straight. Looking good, just by the way. He used Pastor Paul Adifarasi for that side. He said, Paul, come. So Paul, Pastor Paul came up and he stood beside him. Then he turned to another pastor. He said, you come. He took his jacket. He said, he told him to remove your coat. That one removed his, his jacket. Told him to turn it inside out. Then cover himself with it. Told the guy to look like he was suffering. So that one bent over, covered himself with a jacket turned inside out. So he turned to the first man. He said, this man is a conqueror. Look at him. He look, everything is working out for him. He described a man whose life is going smoothly. He said, if that man puts up his hands to praise God, you can understand. He's a conqueror. Then he turned to the other man. He said, look at this man. He's broke. Rent is due. Children are sick. He described a lot of things going wrong with the man. He said, if he puts up his hands to thank God, he's more than a conqueror. <laughs> Beautiful illustration. We would have thought that what God wanted is that, Kai, this is how life's supposed to be. Now God can do that. He can produce anything. But for him, you know, listen, God that says you should be, should, should be heavenly minded, speaking through Paul, that you see the things that are above, do you think he wants to tie it to the things on the earth? No, I don't know what I get my point. He said, you seek the things that are above, where your life is. Do you get my point? He said, seek those things that are above. Now, I'm asking you a simple question. The person who said that, do you think he wants to tie you to things on the earth? No. So God will not add things to you on the earth until he's sure they will not tie you. That's why it's easier for him to bless people that are not concerned about material things than those who are so focused on it. That's how it is with him. For him, the spiritual progress of the believer is much more important. It cannot even be compared in importance with his material progress. I believe in the gospel of prosperity. I've said that many times. I believe in it. But sometimes I think we overemphasize it. We overamplify its importance. We don't know the first and the most important thing that the Lord is doing. It's more important to God that somebody understands that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses before he has the ability to call money to come. Do you understand that? Jesus said something. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down by myself. He said, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. The power to lay it down was first before the power to take it up again. <laughs> Are you getting my point? That's the way it works. If you don't have power to lay it down, you don't have power to take it up again. No, you don't. 
That's why I've said to you many times, I have no problem with somebody taking a marriage vow and saying for better, for worse. It's not unbelief. It's a statement of dedication. It's not unbelief. It's like when everybody left Jesus, he turned to Peter, are you not going? He said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life that we are totally committed to you. We are not going anywhere. This is when I preach, especially to young people. I emphasize to them, please forget this gospel of prosperity that people have used to confuse you. That is not the one that Jesus taught to. This idea that whatever you are doing for God on this earth, he will reward you on this earth. I told you about the young woman who's given out all her money during NYSE, every single cover she earned. And she stood here that day talking with me. When she finished telling me, I said, why did you do that? Were you not eating? She said, that this told us that is how to prosper. I said, well, God has answered your prayers. He has received all your gifts, like he received his gifts of Cornelius. He has now sent Peter to you to let you know that people are not saved like that. <laughs> Some people want to say, ah, Cornelius gave until God answered. What did they tell him? So, boy, this is your gift won't earn you salvation. That was the message. It was pity. This guy will just die for nothing. All this is hard work. He's not going to do any anything. I told the young woman that day, I said, listen, God has answered your prayers. That's why she, he sent you to me. All your offering, what did he do for you? Nothing. Sorry. I said, Pastor Bank, it's a whole year. Uh-huh. Who cares? <laughs> it's a whole year of confusion, a whole year of ignorance. Don't worry, don't feel bad for her. When God wants to bless somebody, <laughs> he can easily wipe out the memory of that suffering. What I tell Christians these days, I say, listen, you want to give out a whole year's salary, give it out and be happy giving it out. Don't say, they told us that's how to prosper. That is not how to prosper. You want to give out a whole year's salary? I'm with you. I'm game. If I can do competition, who will give it out first? I like it. But let's give it out for the love of God and leave it there. It's called godliness with contentment. One day, Bishop Edipo said something. He said, somebody asked him and said, between the time you give and the time you receive, what do you do? So the person, that's the first time I'm thinking about it. <laughs> that this is your question now. Is the reason why I'm thinking about it? I have never thought about it. And I have my own understanding these days to add to it. You have no business thinking about it or waiting for when you will receive. You don't know what your gift will bring for you. You don't know it. You cannot say, this my seed will bring me this. Christians, wake up. You can't. You cannot say, this my seed will bring me this. You make the doing of good a continuous lifestyle. I like the way Waleoke said it then. He said, those who do the works that count, don't stop to count them. If you are stopping to count it, it's probably not counting. The one that God rewards, you know what he said? They asked him, when did we see you and we helped you? They did not know. But we, uh, we said, ah, Lord, you know there? That offering, brown envelope. He had, he had gold trimming. That is why you are blessing me today. No, when God wanted to bless those people, they said, when were you hungry and we fed you? They couldn't remember doing anything for him. They were just committed to doing. Doing was their lifestyle. If you are still checking what your offering will bring for you, you are close to salvation. You are not saved yet. In that area. One brother came to me once I was, you know, after a church service. He said, Pastor Banky, I said, yeah, what's happening? He said, I noticed that these days when I give, I get happy. So I said, so what is the problem? He said, is it normal? 
So I asked him a few questions. I said, number one, do you brag about it to anybody? He said, no. Do you brag it about it to God when you are praying? Did you, do you use it as a platform or you know, it, you know, a reason for which he will bless you? He said, no. I said, so the only thing is that it makes you happy to give to somebody or give an offering? He said, yes. I brought out my hand and shook him. I said, congratulations, you just got saved. I said, now you're a Christian indeed. Before you were playing, you were playing near the kingdom. Now you have entered. I said, now you have entered. Now, the other day we were discussing about ministers. You know, ministry can be discouraging. Oh, yes, it can be discouraging. Oh, let me tell you about discouragement in ministry. You will labor and labor and labor and labor. Like one man of God, it really happened to him. He was preaching and preaching, according to him. He preached and preached and preached. This man in his church got a job or started a business. He prayed and prayed and prayed. The man got married. He prayed and prayed and prayed. The man bought a car. He prayed and kept on preaching. The man built a house. He kept on praying. The man bought a second car. Ah! So after a while, he looked at himself. I did hear the pray, the prophesy. This man did hear the prosper. You know how he solved it? When the man bought a third car, he provoked, according to what is done. He got provoked. Now the guy charged. Now knock the guy prophecy. He said he gave the guy a prophecy and collected the car with a prophetic utterance. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, according to what nonsense. We did hear the pray, the prophesy. You did hear the prosper. Your sense not talk to you. Even if the Holy Spirit not talk to you, your sense supposed to talk to you. I just did hear the, 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 the sweat, the preach. Wahala, you go call me, I go pray. You are going for a business, I prophesy. Doors will open, you go build house. And the man of God, now he vexed out. He went to the guy and gave him a prophecy. Now you can be laughing. Because you are not the preacher. When I heard it, I was angry. I'm still angry, small, but not as much. <laughs> I understand his frustration. Sometimes, you no know, ministry can be frustrated. That's one area of frustration. I told the one man he had labored and labored and labored. Labored for nothing less than maybe 15 to 20 years. Nothing less than, closer to 20 than 15, not more. Laboring for God. Then his children got admission to universities and they lost it because he could not pay the admission fees. Next year they tried again. They got it again. At least one of them. Uh, more than one. And he's there laboring. His children are growing. They need to go to school. <laughs> so he now called another pastor and said, please, what can you help me with? Anything you have. And what money were we looking for? 70000 naira. I'm just talking of you, the television in your house, you must sell it this weekend. You've watched it too much. No, I'm not joking, no. You think I'm laughing? If you want to sell it, please, I'll tell you who will buy it. Come, bring the money to me on Monday. I will tell you where to give it so that your conscience can rest in peace. You have prospered too much for your own good. I'm telling you. There are people that go and sell your car. Trek for two more years. What is it? Let somebody who's in the jungle preaching the gospel because he believed in it. Come on, let his children go to school. All you need to do is to, to enter Keke a few times. We even have a Uba Keke in Enugu now. 
Yes, just get the app, download to your phone. And then you want to go somewhere, just call Keke. Don't call taxi, just call Keke. Reduce your money, just for two years. This man called another man of God and said, what can you do? He was shocked when that man of God sent him the whole money. He was expecting like 10000 That one wired him 70000 So I'm telling you, it's not of, um, you know, sometimes. No, the person that sent him money, I know. So ministry can be frustrating. That's what I'm telling you. So, you know, we were talking about recently. We find some ministers are making certain choices, certain decisions. You will hear it, you'll be angry. You hear that the man has left Enugu, he has gone to Portacot. And you know in Enugu, he was moving. Ministry was moving. But what, what do you call ministry moving? All the members are in secondary school and then GS3 up to SS1. If you have entered university, people that don't give offering. They're not wicked, though. They don't have Organizing program and cookie rice. <laughs> no, we have a cookie rice joke in the house. You need to join the ministers to know the joke. Mm. When you want to, young men to come for a program, you don't just be shouting, Jesus is coming soon. You cook rice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you labor like this for, not for one month, not for two months, not for two years, not for five years. A man does that for ten years. The people that finished school with him are driving their cars and waving, oh, oh God, how is ministry? Listen, listen, let me just advise you. I'm a preacher. Don't ask some silly questions. Man is striking. You are driving past. Ask him how is ministry. You are an idiot. Can't you see how ministry is? If ministry was good, why would he be striking? <laughs> Can't you see how ministry is? <laughs> you are driving a good car. The man is striking past and you're asking him how is ministry. One day, one, one young woman asked me, ha, I said, how come you don't have a car? In my mind, this is how the men, that's how sons of Satan will come and deceive you. You see a handsome young man, why does he not have a car? You want me to be giving you spiritual reasons? As I was praying, the Lord said to me, my son, my son, it's not yet time. The time shall come. <laughs> Common sense will tell you, oh boy, not get money. Leave this thing. If you want to give me money, bring it. Stop asking me funny questions. You see a man walking past his his ministry. How can you not? You can see. If ministry was moving in that direction, he would be driving like you. You will meet at red light. When the car, when they say stop, you stop. Ah, man of God, how are you? Oh, yes, how is ministry? So we thank God. Before you ask a man next time, how is ministry? Park. Hello, sir. How is ministry? Say we thank the Lord. I hope this will help the ministry. Wrap a small bundle, put it in his hands, and say, how is ministry? That's how Christians are supposed to do ministry. I've told you some people that annoy me. If you, want to, if you want to know how you are annoying me, let me just tell you now. There are two things you say that irritate me. I won't tell you to your face. Say, I like Pastor Banky. His things are free. Anytime you say it, eh? I'm looking at you. His things are free. His things are free. Mm-hmm. You know the truth? Those who give to it don't say those things. Because they know the things are free. Something, they are the ones paying the cost. Yes, yes. Yeah. One brother one day gave me a testimony. It was interesting. He said, Gosh, I hope you don't mind though. He said, I want to tell you something. I hope you don't mind. He said, one day gave somebody a lift. Or entered somebody's car. And the process, oh, something led to it. I mean, we gave somebody a lift. And the person was playing on the, uh, on the phone or something. Or a device. One of our messages. So he didn't tell the fellow that he knew me very well. You say, ah, you know that man? Ah, I said, yes, I know him, I know him. Ah, he's been a tremendous blessing. The person was talking, 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 talking. You know? So he just kept on smiling and was driving. 
I was the testimony. He said, he smiled to himself and said, my money is working. Why? Because he gives to this ministry. So that was the testimony. He said, he smiled to himself and said, my money is working. <laughs> he did not tell the fellow he knew who was preaching. Imagine somebody on the street of Lagos giving that kind of testimony. That's the kind of situation we're talking about. That's number one. Tell me, hey, I like Asaranke. He thinks I'm free. Anytime you say like that, eh? my, my stomach is doing like, I'm punching you don't know. I like the ones that send in the email and say, thank you, sir, for making them free. I prefer those ones. It has made it easier for us. But not say, his things are free as if other brethren are not putting money to make it free. That is why, if you want me to pray for you that your problems won't go away, eh? although I never do it, I just feel like doing it. Anyway, this is, I know they see that coming. Call or send a text message say you need school fees. No, we'll send because you listen to us on radio. As if you listen to me on radio is a favor. You listen to me on radio. So I'm supposed to be thankful to you. Because you are listening now, I should now send you money for school fees. His fellas are research nonsense, not me. No, ask him. He gets those messages all the time. The phone, phones are with him. Phone will beep. Man of God. One actually even sent that he was doing, you know, Osusu. Uh, Isusu. What do you call it now? Isusu. Ajo. Somebody can't run away with the money. Me in Nigeria will now send you money in South Africa. You know, there are people just want to say, God, send that guy back home. Let me beat him. <laughs> Let me beat him. I need to flog this guy. I, I, <laughs> the second thing that you say that makes me want to punch you is when you open your mouth. Actually, I don't want to punch you. This one, I really punch you. And I said, that man of God, eh? you should go and walk. You should go and walk. I like Pastor Banky. He's walking. I hate when you say that. You say, ah, Pastor you use strong words. I want you to stop saying it. It upsets me to the bones. Because I realize the wickedness of your soul. You are not kind. You are not. What you should be saying is, sir, how long will you do this? How are you coping? I'm not here to complain to you. I'll have told you the sacrifices. You can be calling it work. Come on, let me tell you the sacrifices. Don't talk nonsense. I bless thousands of people every week. That should be the only job I'm doing. So, even if you know about it, don't talk about it. Not in my hearing. Don't give me as an example to anybody. It's like telling people to divorce their wives because Paul was not married. So, the point I was making is this. So, this has happened. I'm not trying to say that is the right thing. I mean, like, that might be, minister should have reacted the way he did. But I'm trying to tell you about what ministry is. So, ministers can get discouraged. And it's, your, it's our duty as believers to ensure that they are not discouraged. They're not discouraged. We have to do what we can. But let me talk to the ministers. That's the one I'm talking to. They're the ones I'm currently talking to. So, sometimes people are discouraged. And we see them make decisions. And some of us will look and will feel bad. Like I'll give an example. The man who's moving, ministry is moving in Enugu. You understand my point? Except who are those who are there? There are 1,000 people coming for his meetings. They are all children. They are in GS3, SS1, SS2, SS3. Maybe a few finally passed jump. But that's it. First year. But there are thousands. They are being reached. And then sometimes you not see the same person get up and leave. And he goes to pick up a job in Port Harcourt. Or start a business in Lagos. Or in Abuja. And you say, what's happening to that ministry? 
and he starts telling you stories. Experience has taught us now that it's not those stories he's telling you. He will finish ministering to these 1,000 people. And he gets back home. He can't come home early because his landlord must not know he has come back. He has not paid. His rent is, is behind by two months, three months. That's what I mean by ministry can be discouraging. But after we thought about it, that is where I'm going. To the ministers, I decided to, and that thought, I said, if you're a preacher, just get one point clear. Get this clear if you're a preacher. Ministry is death. That is how it is. There is listen to me, there's no promise of money attached to it. Get used to those things from the beginning. As you are entering, know you will suffer. If you have not married, tell the person you want to marry, do you like suffering? If she says no, say don't marry me. Why? Because suffering is my portion. So you are speaking unbelief. No, I'm not speaking unbelief. Read your Bible well. You will see Paul's attitude. Tell the lady, well, I want to marry you, but uh, have you ever read this book, God's Smuggler? You see Brother Andrew, he did it. He sat down. After he made up his mind, he will marry. The lady that came to his mind, he went and told her. She was a nurse. Waited for her patiently after work one day. Sat down inside one old car he had. Told her all the problems he meets every day. That sometimes he travels for three months before he comes back. <laughs> they don't even know when the next morning comes from. Where, where it will come from. Sometimes he's arrested. They will release him after a while. Sometimes they may not even release him. Home. He talked about the whole problems. You have heard everything. The lady said, yes. He said, now, will you marry me? He didn't say that, you know, God is going to lift up us one day. No, no, no. Okay. Let's not count on it. Some of us die in the process. After I had told her everything, he said, now, will you marry me? The girl agreed. Yeah. The girl agreed and married him. There was nothing like, don't worry. Things are going to get better. No. Okay. As you see me so, now so things be. Do you feel called of God? Feel called of God to join this kind of suffering life? The girl said yes. And listen to me. He suffered though. She suffered. One day he went to pick her up. She was like she was going to faint where she was walking because she's a nurse. So she, because of her me, me, medical training, she was now volunteering somewhere working. When he, when he saw his wife, she was so tired and sickly. He picked her up, took her to the doctor. No, went and called the doctor who had to be stepping over pieces of rag in their house, old clothes that they had gathered. His house was his store. Finally, because they, they used to give out things and stuff like, read the book, God Smuggler. So the doctor now came out. He was waiting outside because there was not enough space for everybody. He was waiting outside while the doctor was talking to his wife. When she was done, she, he came out. He said that, um, so hi. She said, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. I said, what's wrong with her anyway? <laughs> the guy was so, he was so into mission, he did not notice his wife was pregnant. <laughs> he didn't notice. He didn't even notice. No, buy the book. God smuggler. Read it. One day he got enough money. Hmm? And they built a house. You know the way when you people build their houses. Then one day he got an idea. He used to carry Bibles. He now got an idea. He saw a small Bible. He thought that if he, if he, if he printed that Bible, the ones he was carrying in that smaller version, he could more than double the amount he moved at a time. He contacted the, public, the printers, the publishers. They said they could arrange for it. But he needed to pay $12,000 of that time. There about. I can't remember the exact sum. Let's make a long story short. It was the exact amount of money he would get if he sold his house. So he sold the house. 
Of course, he didn't know how to sell the house initially. He went and told his wife, ah, what would you say if, um, <laughs> if the Lord, the guy they look at, after the suffering, I don't suffer. After, when he brought the subject, told him flat, she told him flat, forget it, this house, you're not, don't even come near it. I have suffered enough. You come once in a while. Finally, God allowed us to have this small house. We can call it our own. Now you're having ideas about selling it. The guy said, Lord, you see, thank you very much. She didn't agree. I'm saying she couldn't sleep for some days. Finally, she came back and said, oh, yeah, sell it. It wasn't, you know, not demo. Not, it wasn't demonstration. Say, if you agree to sell it, like Isaac, God will say, take it back. My lie. <laughs> he sold the house. They had to pack to another smaller apartment again. Why? Because it was committed to distributing Bibles to people who were under the communist, you know, gridlock, the iron grip of, of communism. So I said to preachers, bear it in mind, ministry is death. And that's why Paul would talk about it. Death is working in us. He knew what he was saying. He said, but while it's working in us, life is working in you. He knew what he was saying. He said, we are being poured out as a drink offering. Where do we get our encouragement from? When we see what it has produced in your lives. We are fine. And I want every Christian to bear that in mind. When you give an offering, forget the offering. It's not bringing anything for you. Forget the offering. It's not bringing you anything. The offering is serving God. What did I say? Forget the offering. That's what I want you to remember. What did I say? Forget the if you, don't, if you can't give it and forget it, please don't give it. Keep it because you'll be discouraged. Eat your money at least. When you go to the toilet, you know that's your money. Because that's, all it, that's where it will end. It's not going to stay longer than that one. But if you want to give it, be glad giving it. As a mission, we're going to inspect Nenugu. If I confirm that that thing is the way it is, that I'm... Can you imagine people are doing outreach in, 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 in Enugu? They are doing church inside a bacha. What do you call bacha? What's a bacha? You knock wood, knock zinc, knock it together inside Enugu. We were all around them. Mega, not churches, forget the churches. Mega buildings. When I saw it, I said, eh, I told the person showed it to me. I need to verify a few things. One, that they are really doing the mission work and it's, they are really working. Two, that that land they are on is their own. I told the person that thing, I said, don't worry. In one month, there will be a building there. I don't care what I have to do. When I saw the picture, <laughs> in this Enugu, these are missionaries. They are not people building churches for things they are going to get. They are mission. Okay, let me tell you. They, realize, they do missions in the north. They now realize a lot of northerners are in Enugu working. Are you getting my point? Digging, digging, you know? You get to new artists and then you see them, hundreds of them. So they say, wait, we are going up there to do mission. The mission has even come down here. So they kept people down here to reach those people. And the person talking to me said that one major problem they have is money. And in my mind, inside Enugu. Listen, let me tell you one of the things you do with your life. One day you just take your car, you just sell it. You carry that money and say, Pastor Banky, where are they? I was able to get 1.2 million for the car. Where are they? Is this them? You call the pastor. Here's 50K. Yeah, 50. You share the rest. Let's use it to do foundation. At least you can go and sleep and say, Lord, at least, ah, 
Everybody be sacrificing for the kingdom. What have I even done, sir? Some people, when they heard me preach that, I said, yeah, don't prosper because of what you give. They stop giving. I didn't preach to you. You're on your own. <laughs> you know, some wicked people, when they have heard you, they use your words to justify their wickedness. I said, now you send them. Not me. If you hear me and your giving does not increase, you didn't listen to me. Oh, there are many things I don't believe. I don't believe that you need to calculate 10%. I don't believe it. You know. I don't believe first fruit. Or the general salary belongs to God. I don't believe it. Understand? I don't believe you redeem firstborn. All those things that churches use to collect money, I don't believe any one of it. However, if you listen to me, and your giving does not increase, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Because what I say, the spirit of giving is that if you are calculating percentage, your heart is not there yet. That when your heart is there, that when your son is sick, do you calculate how much of your salary the doctor is collecting? When it's time to go to school, your children are going to school, do you calculate the proportion of their sal- your salary that the school is collecting? When it is time, do you get my point? To pay rent, do you calculate the proportion of your salary the rent the landlord is collecting? When it is time to buy a car, do you calculate the proportion of your salary you are giving to pay for the car? Why is it that when it comes to God, you'll be calculating proportions? My understanding is that you, you, you have not yet loved it enough yet. When you love enough, you will stop calculating calculations. If you tell me my wife is not feeling well, and the doctor says that um, you will sell your car, you will sell your house, you will clear your bank account, you will sell your shoe, you will sell your shirt, Says that all? Say yes, ah, that sickness is cheap. This will cure her. I don't consider it an expensive sickness. It only becomes expensive when you say sell your children too. <laughs> Until then, I don't consider it expensive. If you say sell everything, give me one of your kidneys, one of your lungs. You know, I won't, it's not prayer point. It's not far than the name of Jesus. Should I do it? Assuming that there is no divine healing. Assuming that's the only healing we have. Do you know I won't think about it? It's, it's, it's Doc, do you know anybody who's interested in buying? All you think is I should sell. Sell, 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 sell. Why? A man loves his wife as his own body. That's a commandment of God. If I obey that commandment, I cannot be calculating proportions on how much money is needed to return her back to sound health. I can't possibly be calculating proportions. That is what I preach. 